To the Big If with Luther and D'Angelo. This is your host, co-host Luther, along with my co-host D'Angelo. Um, D'Angelo, ¿cómo se dice co-host in español? You froze on me. I froze on you? You're back now. I, I was asking, ¿cómo se dice uh, co-host in español? Uh, probably compañero. Mi compañero. Mi compañero de el show uh, está um, in Mexico. Woo woo. Let me ask you, yeah. are you on, um, did your phone go to Telcel? Is that the, uh, is that the uh, uh, network? Yeah, I believe I did see Telcel at the top of my, uh, my little toolbar at the top of my phone when I'm not on Wi-Fi. I did see that. And I don't know what I'm getting charged for what I'm doing um, when I'm not on Wi-Fi, but I, I really don't care to be honest with you. And we're just winging it. You're, you're going to love the extra charges on your, on your statement at the end of the month. And I'm telling you, it'll if it's like Verizon, are you Verizon? You at and I think I'm T-Mobile. T-Mobile? I don't know I what they've got going. I did get a text when I entered the country, uh, that said that I get, uh, I think texting is fine. Um, I think it's 25 cents per minute on a phone call. And I don't do a lot of phone talking anyway. 25 cents I talked to my a minute a is a yesterday because she wanted to make sure I was alive. But yeah, 25 cents, 25 cents a minute. Well, we're happy that you're, uh, that you're dialing in. And give, us, um, give us a quick top three highlights of your, uh, of your young trip to Mexico so far. Where are you? Okay, I've been I've been in the country for about 24 hours now. Uh, mm. The long day of travel yesterday. I woke up at 1 a.m. St. Louis time. Uh, got to the airport by about three. Flew out at five. Houston, Cancun. Catch the city bus, which was the worst part of the of the journey so far. Because you hop on that city bus and thank goodness it's air conditioned and they've got some movie on that's in Spanish, but. I had my headphones in and that's that ended up being like a two and a half hour trek down the the Mexican coastal highway. So it was longer than Which I is one of the nicest highways got, in the world, right? Just beautiful. Just looking at the, the resort after resort after resort as you go through Cancun, Playa del Carmen and then down to Tulum. So, yeah, I was on a bus for about two and a half hours and then came the. The journey of trying to wander the streets of Tulum, pulling a suitcase that weighed about 50 pounds, trying to find my Airbnb. And that was quite the clusterfuck. Um, the Airbnb host had provided me with a, uh, like a, a pin on Google Maps or something. So I, I typed that in. At this point, I had been using my phone on Telcel for the whole two and a half hour bus ride, no charge. So it's, it's dwindling quickly. So I'm pulling this suitcase and I go to the spot that they tell me to go to and there's like no nothing labeled or, or listed. I'm looking for Los Amigos. I got nothing. So I, I use That's WhatsApp your, and I call this community you're in, Los Amigos. Yeah, Los Amigos. So I go on WhatsApp. Which for all of our listeners in Trinidad and Tobago stands for, it's Spanish for the friends. 
yeah los amigos the friends thank you this is an educational podcast if nothing else <laughs> but uh yeah so i follow the google directions to this point there's nothing labeled i can't find anything so i called the number they've given me on whatsapp and this this girl answered and i tried explaining to her that i went to the spot but i don't think i'm in the right spot and uh she said yeah reception's at a different area and that's i'll be back there shortly so i fucking look up the reception area and i drag my suitcase another quarter mile through the streets of tulum i get there she is not there and then i'm sitting there for a few minutes i'm sweating my phone's dying i'm lugging this suitcase and then this girl pulls up on a motorcycle and it's her and she's like, are you Kurt? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I went to go find you, but then you weren't there. And I was like, well, I came to find you and you weren't here. So, you know, <laughs> classic, just like classic mix up. Uh, so she tries telling me that it's the place that I need to be was back where kind of where I was. I'm like, so I was right on top of it. So she gives me the information on how to get there and how to check in. And I say, I hope I don't need to get a hold of you, but I have a feeling I might need to get a hold of you again. So be ready. So I lug my shit back to where I was. Um, mm-hmm. Phone just holding on for dear life. And I can't find it. I'm back to where I thought she was. She, she sent me a picture. She's like, look for this. I don't see that. I'm like, and I tell her, I can't find it. I go, soy tonto. And if, for all of you people in Trinidad and Tobago, that means I'm dumb. So I was like, soy tonto. And I just basically said, come help me, please. <laughs> so this tiny little, this tiny little Mexican girl, she probably weighs all of 110 pounds. She comes pull it up on this moped. And she's like, will your suitcase fit, fit here by my feet? I don't know why I made her sound like that. But she, uh, I was like, I don't think so. Because I got this big suitcase. She goes, you can get on back. So I get on the back of this moped. I take my 50 pound suitcase and just fireman's carry it up onto my shoulder. <laughs> so with one arm, I'm holding onto this suitcase. With the other arm, I'm holding onto this poor girl's shirt as we go wobbling about a half a mile down the road or a quarter mile down the road to where I was actually supposed to be. Got checked in, thanked her, and uh, she went off on her way and probably just thinking this dumbass gringo. And um, yeah, Another so Another fucking dumb in. gringo. Yeah. I have a phenomenal uh, penthouse apartment here. Uh, it's sweet. I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in this dining area at a dining table that would seat eight for dinner. Um, to my left over here is a couch sectional with the mounted TV. I've got it's the kitchen just, area with like I feel like every Airbnb in Mexico has a couch sectional with a mounted TV. There you go. And then in the the kitchen there's a full kitchen with four bar stools. There's two bedrooms, each with a king size bed. Um, oh, yeah. Each has their own. Each has their own bathroom, and then there is the balcony. And the balcony is where the magic happens. It's where the mota happens. It's there's a, a hot tub out there, a little jacuzzi tub, and all of this that I've just described to you is just for me because we're flying solo on this trip. <laughs> How does it feel to be? Uh, out of the country, on your own, making your own way. It feels really, it feels pretty good. I've had, I've had, a, I don't want to rub it in, but I've had an absolutely remarkable, remarkably good 24 hours. Um, everything seems to be coming up, Kurt, and I am here for it. Uh, so it feels really good. I was nervous at first because I've never done a solo trip. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I got through customs and got on the bus. And that's when it really, when I stepped out of the airport, because when I left St. Louis, winter had kind of seemingly arrived. It was in the 20s. It had snowed. It was, just, it was gross. And I, get, I step off of the airplane in, in Cancun and step into 87 degrees, bright, sunny, blue sky, uh, a place I haven't been for a few years. And it, it just brought back, you know, some good times down here. But I'm doing it solo and it feels feels pretty great. And then, you know, there was some trepidation. I was a little nervous about some things, but now I'm about 24 hours in and I'm having a great time. Um, I finally found some uh, Heineken Zero. I've been on the search for a non-alcoholic beer for the last day. Every bar right. I wandered into last night and said, Tienes una cerveza sin alcohol? And they looked at me Heineken like I was just... Zero? Uh, yeah, I asked for Corona Cero. I read that's a thing, but um, no, nobody had anything non-alcoholic. And then finally, I was out walking around a couple hours ago, and I went into this gas station to get some bottled water. And in this little cooler, I see that that all too familiar blue and green can with the star on it. And I look, and it said zero point zero. And I grab because they don't give you bags in the gas stations like they do in America. So I had to carry all this down the streets. So. I grabbed five of them and I had three of them up by the pool on the rooftop right before we were recording. I finally found some. So that's nice. I needed that. I'm all right. I'm feeling feeling pretty good now. Got yourself a little cocktail, a little maybe a little high going on. Beautiful day. Uh, Where are you in relationship to the ocean? I am probably a couple of kilometers, and I'm not great with the metric system, um, away from... It's like 30 miles. From the ocean. Uh, I'm sorry? Like 30, 40 miles. No, 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 no. Like, if I, I, I don't want to walk it, but if I did decide to walk it, I think it would be about a half hour, 45-minute walk. So probably three miles, four miles, something like that. But I found this little place that I could probably throw a baseball from where I'm sitting right now and hit it that rents uh, bikes, bicycles. And I've bikes. done that before when I was down in Tulum. So I, I stopped in earlier and I said, I don't need it now. But if I wanted to rent a bike for a couple of days, could I have it for two or three DS? And they said, yeah. And I said, cuanto cuesta? And it was ciento pesos por dia, 100 pesos a day. And give or take, that's about $5 a day. So if I can get a bike tonight before they close at five to have until Friday morning when I got to head back to the airport and it's cost me 15, 20 bucks, that's great. Cause I can bike over to the ocean cause there's some things I want to do over on that side of town. So we're going to be, rent- we're going to be renting a bike here shortly. I love it. I love it. When, um, have you made plans to surf or whale watch or hit on some senoritas? Or how was it in the, in in the um, in the local watering hole there yesterday when you're going around looking for uh, Corona zeros? Any senior yeah, readers stood out to you? Um, I wasn't really I wasn't prowling or anything last night. I just okay. It was a long travel. It was a long travel day. Weary and, traveler looking uh, for a, a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, so I I got cleaned up. Um, and I started to get a little appetite. So I wandered into the Pueblo and I just kind of walked up and down like the, the main drag of downtown Tulum. And there's, there's, uh, the locals, 
about walking around. You can tell who the tourists are. Um, I was kind of trying to eavesdrop a little bit, see what languages I heard. So, um, you know, I, I recognized a few Americans speaking some English. I heard some French, I believe, some German. So it's, it's an eclectic little town. Um, like I said, I wasn't prowling or anything. I was just in search of my first authentic meal. So there's tons of restaurants and bars and uh, farmacias, some pharmacies, which I'll get to in a second. But I really wasn't looking for like a nice sit down meal or anything. I just wanted like some authentic street tacos because I wasn't starving, but I wanted to get a few things in the belly. So the first place I saw that looked like just cheap, authentic street tacos, I stopped at. And I got an order of the pastor where they were just yeah. shaving it, shaving it off that vertical spit right into the tortilla. The guy was not wearing gloves and I didn't even mind as a, as a restaurant worker. I, I noticed that, that but, but I don't care. It's fine. Um, so I had some, I had some pastor tacos, which were great. And I had a little bit of like a chorizo and cheese dip, a couple bottles of water. And I think my meal was about, $12, the $12 dinner. Viva Mexico. And when I went to the gas station earlier, when I found those Heineken Zeros, I, uh, I bought five of those, two like liter bottles of uh, bottled water and an energy drink that I found because I know I'm going to want one of those later tomorrow. And I, I mean, I had as much liquid as I could carry with those things I just told you. And I get up and... Uh, I asked if I can pay an American dollar. She said, sure. And she asked her coworker Always. how much it would be. $10, $10 for five non-alcoholic beers, an energy drink and two big ass bottles of water. I am, ugh, cause I'm a cheapskate. So these couple of transactions I've done and then that bike thing, this is, it's right up my alley. Very satisfying. As long as you can avoid uh, the federales, I think you, you can probably get by with 35, 40 bucks a day. Well, we're gonna put uh, we're gonna put my mom to the test here. I don't know if she listens to these or not. Sometimes I get the impression that she does, but I doubt she just sits down and goes through whole episodes. My mom asked me if I was going. My mom asked me if I was gonna bring anything with me down to Mexico, and I assured her that I was not. Uh, that was a lie. Um, she was already super worried about me coming to Mexico Just by going myself. To Mexico. Yeah. I didn't want to give her any extra reason to worry. So I assured her that I was not going to be bringing anything with me that I shouldn't. Um, but I did. Mom, if you hear this, sorry, but I didn't want to stress you out so, anymore. You know what? He won't, he's not going to bring anything back. He's not going to bring will, any I, of it back. I know my word means nothing now, but I will assure you, mother, I will not be bringing anything back illegal into United States customs. Um, it was it was very, very easy coming through uh, Mexico's customs. Shout out to the Mexican customs people for just leaving me alone. Hey, uh, uh, good job, Mexican customs. Um, was it did you was it one of those situations where you got to hit a button and it turns green or red? No, and that's what I was accustomed to. That's what I even was telling one of my coworkers about. I'm like, as long as I see the green light after I hit that button, we are good to go. But there so was no button. It, you just, you, I got my luggage off of the carousel and I started walking towards the exit where they, they heard everybody to transportation. Um, and there was just like a couple of officers there. There was an area where if, I guess if you looked suspicious, they would pull you off into this like half walled in area and they were going through people's stuff. But I just had my headphones in and just walked 
normal and by yourself it, 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 there was no button there was no button there was nothing i'm just just coming right on through i think um that area is more just it's more like you sign up to get felt up for free than to get to get hassled right if you haven't if you hadn't been touched by someone in a while, I could see where you would just walk through TSA looking real suspicious, try to get a <laughs> curious hand. I'm just starved for attention. So my, my strategy number one is to go through TSA looking suspicious. And you got this weird fetish and they stop you and you're like, if I were you, I wouldn't look up my ass. And they, you know they're gonna now. So you just, yeah, it's an ABC Roger. post at that point. Yeah, definitely don't look up there because you put your hands up against the wall. Like, no, don't. And but you know they're and you're ready for it. Oh, I like that approach. I like that approach, especially internationally. There's a there's a real flair to it. Um, and I, you know, I'm interested to see. So, like when when you know a TSA agent pats you down, do they do it the same way in a foreign country, or do they like you know how like um, in in China, I believe, and this may be the most uneducated comment, but. I think they read right to left in China. Would they that, that, perhaps I, fill you up from top to bottom instead of like starting down by the cuffs of your ankles? I really have no idea. How would you, where would you start if you were a TSA agent? The butt. That's the easiest place to hide it all, right? <laughs> Let's just go skip straight. first and second base, baby. We're going straight to third base. <laughs> We're going straight to the cavity search. Yeah. Um, they don't call do you think there TSA are any TSA agents? Do you think uh, any TSA agents like are um, classify themselves like a disproportionate amount, like classify themselves or identify as like butt guys or, or butt people? Uh, I could see it. Yeah. I think if we did a poll of the TSA agents, are you an ass or a tit guy? I think we would end up with more ass guys. Yeah. And simply due to exposure. Uh, <laughs> it's what they know, right? It's what it's what's familiar, you know? You know, I think what makes a person like, I think a sign of like intelligence and something I respect in people is when they know their limitations, they know what they're good at and they know what they're not good at. And I know that I don't know much about this topic. So I'm just glad that I've got you and you seem to have it really dialed in. So I, I yield my time to the man in Napa. Well, uh, let me let me offer a big if confession here. Yeah. When, when I'm going through an airport, Nine times out of 10 going through an airport, for some reason, airports give me kind of horny. Horny? I, I, horny. I'm like looking around like, wow, you know, like everyone's going somewhere. They got some place to be. Um, I don't know. There's something very romantic, well, romantic and um, racy about it to me, I guess. You know, everyone's got to take their shoes off uh, walking through. There's... There's a weird shared discomfort. Like I, I, I wouldn't go on to like a city bus and get horny, but an airport, I don't know. There's I, something about I it. I actually, I kind of see what you're saying. Cause especially like in my situation, like I'm, I'm traveling alone and there's just like a sense of mystery with the whole travel. It's the possibility. But yeah. So I, I don't, I wouldn't say I like got super horny at the airport, but there was probably like at times a little bit of blood, <laughs> a little bit of blood flow down there. 
uh, cool extra blood flow. And it's not just due to being like however many thousands of feet in the air. Where's, We're talking about the where's the Okay. What's the Mount Rushmore of places where you get unexpectedly horny? Put the airport on there. Church. Airport. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't been to church in like church. well over yeah. a decade. Yeah. I, don't, I hope to continue that streak for the rest of my life. Um, I, <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and sorry if we just lost um, listeners in a very Catholic Mexico, but um, we're not necessarily a religious podcast, guys. So I, you can you can flip off your dials right now. But Mount Rushmore of places to get horny. Um, yeah, airport is up there for me. I would um, public pool. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot I of skin. So. There's a lot of I think, skin. It's hot. There's it's oily. Yeah. You know, whatever member of the opposite sex that, or whatever, whoever you're into, whether it's the opposite sex, same sex, they're there and they're they're there in their bikinis or if there's skin showing. I think a public pool is kind of obviously a, a horny place. I see. You know, I um, you talked about that like little blood flow rush to your dingle earlier. I yeah, get- a little tingling in the dingle. I, I probably in my mind more, I'm a little bit, um, I, I'm hornier probably at a public pool than I am on an average day, but well, public pool, any pool, right. Or a beach or something. And, but as far as feeling that little tingle down there, I don't, I can't, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's being in, um, in a swimsuit with that mesh netting, but something about that, it, does the opposite. It's a turnoff. I want to tell you, I own a lot of pairs of what started out as swimming trunks. And 100% of the time, literally 100% of the time, I cut that mesh netting out. I hate it with an absolute passion. Um, It's why I don't buy any swim trunks that are very expensive because I am going to be taking a pair of scissors to them as soon as I get home. In fact, right now I'm wearing what started out as swimming trunks, but now are just shorts because there's no lining. I cut them out. I hate it. Um, There's a negative to that. Um, If you don't wear anything with them, you're kind of just showing everybody at the pool or at the ocean, whatever you got going on. So you better hope it's a horny place. You better hope there's a little blood flow. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't want, you don't want to get out of the pool and the outline of your dick is is underwhelming. So uh, every time I get out of the pool, if I'm wearing a pair of these shorts where the lining is cut out, I always right. do the move where I like pull at the waistband. So I'm like pulling them off of my body a little bit so that the D, the D print is not right yeah, up it's against like, it. I'm, it's kind of yeah, like, like readjusting thin. a jersey or like, yes. yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And you make it look natural, but there is a purpose behind ladies, ladies across the world. If you see guys do that from the pool, there is um, there's a purpose behind that. It's not that they're just like airing themselves out or something. They're trying to hide the outline of their penis. Is that fair to say? Can I speak on behalf of men? I think that's that's very fair to say. I think if um, Joe Biden were to run on a platform of no more mesh lining and swimsuits 
and no looking at guys when they right when they get out of the swim pool or the ocean <laughs> you you can see when the landslide I, he would win me over not to not to make this a he political podcast we're not a political podcast no um, uh, so but i I would oh, love to hear him take that stand. It, I, he would he would gain some respect for me if he said that. Would if he, anyone would um, anyone no, would take that stance. Um, you know, maybe uh, if I need to interview for a job or something, and they ask me, you know, what are my strengths and weaknesses, I'll talk about that. What are your weaknesses? Um, my weaknesses are I get. Um, I get self-conscious when I'm stepping right out of a pool or the ocean that uh, anyone looking will, <laughs> will see the outline of my penis because one of my strengths is I cut the mesh lining out of my swim trunks. <laughs> if you answered that question like that in a real job interview, how do you suppose, do you think that the other person would be just so taken aback that they'd be like, all right, you're hired? Or would they be like, get out? I think, I think it depends on who, who is interviewing me. If it's someone who like, is, uh, is it a, I don't know. I don't know. I think I would, if they were professional, then they would tell me to like, this interview's over and, and <laughs> you don't have the job. <laughs> um, if they hire me after that, I probably don't want to work there. Do you think you could deliver that answer and <laughs> keep, straight face. keep a straight face? Or would you break like Jimmy Fallon and SNL? Uh, I would, I, you know what? Maybe you I'll try. There are places hiring everywhere. There are places hiring everywhere. It would be what a funny think? segment to go in for job interviews at random places and just try to play them deadpan and just torpedo them and just see how it goes. But it's probably <laughs> something to face the privacy going in there with like a hidden camera or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I mean, if I could get them to um, step outside and interview me like on, on the sidewalk, that's public domain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Hopkins is here for his interview. Hey, actually, could you have him come down here? I, I'd feel more comfortable if we did this outside on the side. Can we do a walk and talk? And also, I just I need his consent on this one form right here. Um, oh, man. Hey, can I can I tell you something that I didn't I haven't told you yet? Yeah. I was waiting until we started to record this to uh, to break this. I didn't want to tell you beforehand. Um, so as I was wandering the streets of Tulum last night looking for this mystery Airbnb, uh, I did get an email that was super intriguing, and it was from Tim McKernan, who hosts hey. The Morning After. And what up, Tim? I know I've you're a big loyal follower. He has mentioned us. He knows we exist. Um, we talked to him a little bit about name? our Cassie Moore interview. Uh, well, yeah, he asked. When, when I got to go in studio, um, it was coming off of the Cassie Moore interview and they're big fans on TMA. And um, he did mention, he goes, what's the name of your podcast? And I said, it's, we call it The Big If. The Big If, said, it's you and your, your He said, you, it's your, you and your friend from California. So he's aware of The Big If, he knows it exists. We, he knows that we've interviewed 
somebody that they, at, at least so far, have not been able to land. I don't know that they've tried, but I, they have not landed her yet. Um, but yeah, so I got an email from Tim, and Tim and I have been talking a little bit um, about maybe the possibility of me getting to do some work with them. Yes. Um, probably from a social media standpoint, uh, the TikToks that I do from their show have gone over really well in that little cult following and uh they want a social media presence so we've been talking back and forth and nothing's concrete yet you know tough economic times but um there's been conversations and i'm optimistic about it and he emailed me and he said hey iggy is going out of town or he's on vacation from on the week of november 28th to december 2nd um, and he says, I think the move is that we take Jackson, the producer of the show, and bring him in to sit in Iggy's chair to fill in for him. And he won't ask if I would be interested in coming in and sitting in the producer's chair uh, hey. during that for that week as a way to kind of get my feet wet a little bit, maybe get a chance to show some people that make decisions what I bring to the table. And I said, yeah, nice. I mean, I've got to work. I got to work it out with my uh, with my job that pays the bills. But let me see what I can do. And he goes, yeah, I got to run it by management. And uh, so then I got a message from him today that said, uh, yeah, I talked to management about it. They aren't they're not really willing to spend anything on this. Uh, so I understand if you don't want to just do it for nothing. But if, if and I told him, no, you know, I, I want a chance to get my foot in the door and I'd love to come in that week and do that. And I, you know, I don't need anything for it. And he told me today that it's a go. And then he posted on the, uh, the Facebook group for the radio show. Um, he, he has a, a screenshot of me in character from one of my TikToks. And he says, well, Doug, you're right. KG and O-Town, AKA D'Angelo Hopkins has put on a clinic in 2022. So in two weeks, when Iggy is out of town on vacation, we're going to bring Jackson in studio to join us. And the man who will take Jackson's spot in the studio is none other than KG and O-Town. So wow. it sounds like I get to be a part of my favorite show other than ours, a show I've listened to for 17 years, participated Damn. in it for almost all of those as an emailer or a texter and TikTok creator. And that week I get to go be on the show for the whole week. Ah, that's going to be awesome. And the producer's chair, do you have to work a board or something? Or do you have to actually do the producer's job? First off, congratulations. Uh, congratulations. Probably. That's huge. I know, you, I know that's, that's big. Um, it's, I hate even talking about it because, um, you know, I don't want to jinx it or anything. There's nothing set in stone yet in terms of me working for them full time, but it would honestly be a dream job situation. Um, and this is kind of a step towards that. I don't think that they would put me in a, I don't, do I know how to produce a radio show? I do not. Yes. Um, so they have a guy that's the board operator that kind of runs the technical part of everything. So he'll be there. He's doing his thing. I think if anything, I would be back in this because it's not in the studio where they all congregate. It's like a separate studio in the hallway. And I right. think I would be like where, where the phone calls come in. I might be answering the phones. Um, yeah, and also Jackson does a lot of the social media stuff. Uh, so I think that week I'll just have an up close uh, and personal look at things and be able to shoot some video and hopefully make make some cool stuff and do some cool stuff for their social. So hopefully nice. it's just a chance to kind of get my that's the that's the term that I've used a lot is get my foot in the door and then just go from there. So 
it's super exciting. Like I said, when I told you earlier, I go, everything is coming up Kurt lately because I'm in paradise right now. I got a lead on a dream job. I'm just living my best life and it's, it just feels good. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Um, I think uh, if, if you get a chance, email, email Timmy back and be like, hey, Tim, you know, the only thing I'd like in exchange for my time is maybe a meeting with management at the end of the week to um, where I could actually meet with them. And it's not just you having to sell, sell, sell. Like they can actually meet me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like, I like where your head's at and the the aggressiveness in that move. But they're, I they're obviously the decision maker. You got and you got to be sure. in front of the decision maker. And I, if if it goes the way I hope it goes, then I'll have fifteen hours of showtime that I'll be around for that week. Um, some time probably before it goes on the air, depending on my work schedule. Some time after. So I feel like in that fifteen hours plus there's going to be an opportunity for me to, to meet some important people and shake some hands and sell myself a little bit, which means that I really need to continue to brush up on this, how to talk to anyone in 92 steps book that we talked about on our last episode. I did start it. Yeah. Have you put in any into play? I feel like I'm trying to do a better job with some of the eye contact type of things that were described. I sent you a picture of a chapter yep. or a, a snippet that kind of resonated with me. Cause I, I find myself, whether it's at the gym or just anywhere out in public, um, I like to keep my head up and walk with confidence, yep. but I've noticed that sometimes like right before or like the moment that eye contact makes place or takes place, sometimes I feel like I divert my eyes away from it and I break the eye contact. And I think I need to do a better job of maintaining eye contact and using it to my advantage instead of it kind of being a weakness. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. What, what do you think it is about eye contact that is just so awkward? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't really know the psychology on that. I mean, I think the fact that I'm pulling away and looking away like quickly, I think it probably is um a sign of my self-consciousness i think that probably i'm a self-conscious person um i think it probably is tied into that but i uh, as i'm walking around tulum later i'm gonna try to have chin up shoulders back and just i want to make eye contact with somebody and just hold it for a second let them be the one to look away yeah. i'm not looking away and I, I might hold it on you for seven, eight seconds and just make it really weird, but I, I need to lock it in and just not look away. Yeah, I'm the fucking I like man. that. I like that. You should, um, you should totally do that. I can see you doing it like some kid coming up and trying to sell you like seeds to feed the birds or something. And you just give him eye contact for like- Just a real, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm going to try to employ some of that. Most of- the first couple chapters that I read on the plane and in the airport were about more like body language and eye contact, stuff like that, almost more of the nonverbal side of things. I think probably later tonight after I catch a little more sun, maybe get a belly full of some Mexican food and might come home and just lounge and read a couple more chapters, kind of dig in and do that. My goal is to have all my fun while the sun's up. I think it gets dark here around like 630 
And as somebody who's not trying to give his mother any reason to be any more worried than she is, right? Since I'm not drinking, there's nothing. There's nothing for me out in those streets at that time. Yeah, there was something. Um, something I read like uh, something happened in Acapulco like just yesterday, like terrible, terrible headlines coming out of uh, Mexico for tourism and everything. But um, honestly, I've I haven't been there in a while. But it's always been like, I felt like pretty safe uh, when I've been there. And I think it's just be, as long as you're not a freaking idiot while you're there, um, mostly you're going to be okay. That's, I don't know, maybe I'm placing too much trust in the international community, but uh, that's the way I feel. Yeah. Just don't be a fucking actually, jackass while you're in their country and everything ought to be all right. Sure. Some of the ground rules I laid for myself was, uh, don't walk around with any sorts of large amounts of money on me. Duh. Um, I don't own any flashy jewelry, but I, you know, if I had like a nice watch, not gonna, you know, um, and yeah, like you said, if you just kind of are smart about things, you know, but my, right before I left, my mom emails me this story that she had just heard from, I believe it Love happened it. in Mexico city. And there were these uh, three friends that were down there for Dia de los Muertos. And this guy was talking to his girlfriend. His girlfriend was the one down there. He was back in the U.S. And they're talking on the phone. And she says, I'm not feeling so good. And then the call like drops or something. And then he tries to call her back and can't get a hold of her. And she won't answer. So he like reaches out to the Airbnb and they go do a wellness check. And they found her and the two others dead in the apartment almost like it was like a carbon monoxide type thing or something but oh. yeah so that was that was really great for mom to hear right before i go stay in an airbnb but that could happen i mean that's not like a crime thing that's just if that's the way it went down that's, that's a carbon monoxide leak yeah yeah you know carbon monoxide leaks they're i think if anything that that's the lesson here watch out for them carbon monoxide carbon monoxide links uh leaks then cartels, uh, then people trying to rip you off, you know, um, for whatever, wares and goods and services. Hey, I do have to tell you this, too. Um, I, I did. Uh, I was chatting with somebody last night and they're from, I believe, the Rochester, New York area. Cool. And we got on the topic of something that you, you and I talk about quite a bit and that's the circle nice and i told this person about how we interviewed shuby and chris yeah and i i told them that we uh uh that we've been trying to get joey but that he's been dodging us yeah and she said um what did she say she goes she said something like well joey's from rochester which is close to my hometown. Oh. And then I told, she goes, uh, do you want a Western New York, New York native to reach out to him and see if he'll respond to me? Yeah. I said, that was my, I just said, absolutely. So I don't know if anything All right, we're going to get this him. guy. I think we could. I think we might get him. And if, if, it, if, it, if a friend from Mexico that I meet makes that happen, then KBN, how great is that? KBN. Well, um, everything's full circle. Everything's come full circle. That's right. 
Uh, well, I, um, I hate to cut it short on this episode, especially considering you're lounging in, in paradise. Um, I have for some reason had four separate clients reach out in the last hour asking me about deadlines. And so I've got a jet early, but yeah, um, we'll make that money. It's been yeah, fun. It's, we'll check back in. It's been fun. Enjoy yourself. Um, and uh, eat some um, tacos or like take a take your suitcase around town more for me. Yeah, we're going to go have a little fun. we got a couple more hours of daylight for us to enjoy it. There's some people behind me going to the pool. That's cool. So I guess I'm not going to the pool. Um, yeah, good to see you. We'll do, we'll catch up later. Adios, amigo. Adios.